1: The Ducks have three quarterbacks committed across the 2024 and 2025 recruiting classes, and we're going to be evaluating the future at the quarterback position on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How are we living Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon football and Oregon recruiting. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Excited to have you guys along for another awesome episode of the pod. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Week 3 for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks, who are coming off of a big road win over the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Week 2, returning home to Eugene to face the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors inside Autzen Stadium on Saturday. That game is set for a 5 o'clock kickoff on the Pac-12 network. However you guys are tuned in today, appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode. Do me a quick favor and like, comment, and subscribe. Wherever you're listening, always trying to build this community and really appreciate your guys' support. And then if you haven't already, make sure you hit that notification bell if you're watching along on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, because I come at you five days a week and those notifications make sure you don't miss an upload or a live stream. So, with all of that out of the way, big week for the Ducks. But we are going to be taking a recruiting focus on today's episode. I know how much you guys like the recruiting content that I uh, work really hard for. So we all know that the quarterback position is the most important position in football. And uh, it's been an interesting position for Oregon too. You got Bo Nix entering his second year with the Ducks. Had a couple of pretty strong performances to start off the season. But now you have to look at the future of the quarterback position because this is Bo's last year in Eugene. And there's a couple, there's three really talented quarterbacks that the Ducks have committed looking down the line. And I've had the chance to see all three of them in person. So I'm going to talk about what I've seen from them, my thoughts on the quarterback room in Eugene and also just managing that position and how important of a challenge it is for new offensive coordinator Willis Stein, head coach Dan Lanning, and the rest of this Oregon football staff. So let's start with who the Ducks currently have on the roster. You're looking at Ty Thompson, who is a redshirt sophomore. He has only played in one game so far this year against Portland State. That was an 81-7 to blowout, but he looked pretty good. He finished that game seven for eight passing throwing for 81 yards and one touchdown. So we have a good sample size about, I guess I should say a decent sample size. If you're looking at Ty Thompson's uh, career, okay. I just double checked. He's a sophomore 64 220 pounds. We have a decent sample size uh, of Ty Thompson. And I think while, while what we've seen from him so far early on young season He's looked good, but I want to see what Ty Thompson does in a Pac-12 game against a quality opponent because I feel like anybody should be able to have a good game against an FCS caliber opponent, which is what the Portland State Vikings were. But I want to see Oregon put some of these teams away early and just get some good quality reps for Ty Thompson because I'm going to believe it when I see it from Ty. I want to see him have a good game against a quality opponent get a lot of pressure in his face, move the offense, just be faced with some adversity and some tough situations because you're not going to know what you really have in your quarterback. If you're Will Stein and the rest of this coaching staff until he gets tested until he gets punched in the mouth until he maybe takes a bad hit. I'm not saying I want him to get hurt. Let me pump the brakes there. I'm not saying that, but you know what I'm trying to get across. You know, you don't know what you have in your guy until he's battle tested until he faces some adversity until the game's on the line type of a deal. He, the, the players are looking at him in the huddle and they're saying, hey, Ty, we need you to make a play. We need you to lead us to the promised land. I want Ty Thompson to show me this year that he's the guy for Oregon after Bo Nix leaves because right now he has to be looked at as the guy to lead the Oregon offense moving forward in 2024. But looking aside from Ty Thompson, you got an all-American caliber guy um, Adidas All American selection in the 2023 recruiting class, true freshman Austin Novosad, who also got into the game a little bit against Portland State, completed all three of his passes only th- for 13 yards. But good to see him get a couple of game reps. I did see Austin Novosad as well in the uh, Adidas All American Bowl out in San Antonio, Texas, uh, in January, and he looked really good, had an awesome long ball. Definitely needed to add some weight to his frame, but it looks like he has started that process since he enrolled early. A lot of times what guys do is they go play in that All-American Bowl, right? And then they quickly catch a flight to their college town. So Austin Novosad is enrolled, obviously, went through fall camp and has seen his first game action with the Ducks, albeit in a blowout game. And we can't take too much away from it. So Austin Novasad, he generated a little bit of buzz in fall camp, whether it was from Will Stein, other players, or other coaches. But he looks like he's doing all the things, all the right things to, at the very least, compete with Ty Thompson come 2024, come next fall or next spring ball, I should say, because that's really, if you think about it, when the competition is going to start. Bo Nix, I think, obviously a superstar player. We're going to have to see this year. Can he do it twice? Have two really strong seasons now that Kenny Dillingham is out in Tempe with Arizona State. So I think that's kind of the question that a lot of NFL scouts are looking to get answered this year. Can Bo Nix do it twice or was it just a one-off last year in 2022? I personally don't think it was a a one-off, but he did give us a little bit of a scare when he tried to connect with Casey Kelly in the end zone, uh, extending the play against Texas Tech and I think he got picked off if you're asking for my two cents but I'm not an official the officials reviewed it and it was overturned or I shouldn't say overturned ruled incomplete so that was a scary one but the Ducks got out with the win and that is all that matters so those are the guys that are currently on the roster this is the last year Bo Nix Ty Thompson and Austin Novasad are looking like the future of the quarterback position from a roster standpoint but how about those guys that are committed to Oregon those guys that put on that Oregon O hat When they made their college commitment, let's talk about some of those guys in the 2024 recruiting class. We're going to start off with 2024 Baltimore, Maryland, St. Francis Academy quarterback, Michael Van Buren. Michael Van Buren, uh, I got to see him for the first time this past week when the St. Francis Academy Panthers traveled out west to face the number three St. John Bosco Braves defending national champions. I have spent a ton of time around St. John Bosco, and they are as real as it gets. Really well coached, tremendous talent at basically every position. They got a new quarterback in Caleb Sanchez, who's also 2024, and he is putting a lot of people on notice. With the Braves off to a 4-0 start here in the 2024, se- 2023 season. So Michael Van Buren and the St. Francis County Panthers came out west, like I said. And I'm gonna play some of the highlights that I got from this game while I give you my thoughts on Van Buren as a prospect. Just to let you guys know, fill you in on a little bit of background: um, the the Panthers did lose this game, 37 to 14. So it was a pretty ugly game for the Panthers. But the Panthers play the toughest schedule in all of high school football. They're currently 0-4, but they face teams like Buford from Georgia, where Dylan Rayola is, Shamanah Madonna in Hollywood, Florida, home to Jeremiah Smith, the number one wide receiver in the country, East St. Louis in Illinois, and then now St. John Bosco this past week. So what did I think from Van Buren when, uh, when I saw Van Buren at this game? Uh, it was definitely a, a rougher game for him. I think that he really didn't have a lot of time almost not every play, but on most of these plays, you see him getting flushed from the pocket quickly, having to roll out, oftentimes throw on the run. And he was definitely focusing on one receiver for most of this game. You see he just had to deal with a low snap there. So I think you can definitely tell that he is a quality dual threat quarterback, definitely has some really good mobility, really good legs and ability to extend the play. But that being said, I was hoping to see a little bit more poise, a little bit more control of the offense from Van Buren, but you know, it's just uh, it's just one week, just one game, but I have to go off what I see on the tape and what I saw in person as uh, there was his lone touchdown pass on the night um, in this game. So that was great that he was able to have some momentum there and he did get into a groove a couple of times, you know, maybe two or three drives here, but, Anytime you're going against the quality of competition that Van Buren and the Panthers are, it is not going to be easy. So, I wrote about this in my recent piece, checking in with Van Buren from my interview with him, talking about we know for a fact that when Michael Van Buren arrives in Eugene in January to enroll with the Ducks, he is going to be battle tested. I already listed off some of the teams that he's played, and then now they are also going to face modern day when they have to, the modern day Monarchs have to go out to Baltimore. Uh, that's the number one team in the country. And then they also face IMG Academy, uh, in Florida out in Bradenton for their final game of the regular season. Uh, it looks like in November. So this is a very unique situation with Michael Van Buren and the Panthers who play a national schedule. They don't have a, um, they don't have a league of their own that they play in as is kind of, uh, common for. I guess you have other schools. Most schools have a league that they play in, but since they play a national schedule, there's not really any recurring opponents necessarily. This is a team that is always on the road, always traveling, always away from home. So it's, I mean, props to him and the rest of that team and the coaching staff to be moving as much as they are is incredibly uh, difficult. But basically kind of what I'm getting at, you know, just some of these takeaways, I got some of his other game highlights on the screen. Now, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you can clearly see the talent. I think when he did have a, a clean pocket to throw in, he was fairly accurate, um, not tremendous power on the ball, um, but I think you can clearly see that there's a lot of potential there. So I think I was really hoping to see more from the offense and, and more big plays, but it goes back to it's not going to be easy when you look at these highly ranked teams that they're facing. And that was a good play from him against Buford, being able to extend the play, keep his eyes down the field, and stand in the pocket. So I think although the game that I covered wasn't his best game, I want to say he had two interceptions in that game. One of them was to USC commit Marcellus Williams. I think that he is definitely someone that you can work with. Um, I previously said that I thought he was the more college ready quarterback between him and Luke Moga from Phoenix, Arizona, sunny slope. I might still believe that just because he has more experience than Moga. Um, But, I think it's just you can't adopt the the sky is falling doomsday feeling that I think a lot of Duck fans kind of had in my mentions when I was posting some of these highlights, live tweeting that game. So not the best game for for Michael Van Buren. It's been a tough year so far for him and the Panthers, but he had a great mindset, is is super well spoken and uh, answered all my questions with a ton of respect and just trying to maintain a positive attitude is what he was talking about. Grow as a leader. He just really admires and um, prides himself on being a true dual threat quarterback. So uh, I think you can definitely see the potential with Michael Van Buren. I think he is really well suited for where college football is going as far as favoring dual threat quarterbacks, guys that can do stuff with their legs. I think that he's going to be doing well in the Will Stein offense. We're still trying to see exactly what that looks like, but we have a larger sample size now with two games uh, under Oregon's plate now but I think that he is the type of quarterback that Will Stein wants from a dual threat standpoint, a guy who can do something with his leg and make something happen with his arm. Also has a deep ball, but didn't get to see it on display a whole heck of a lot, but I thought he did good uh, when he wasn't forcing too many throws uh, at all three levels in that game against Bosco.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, moving on to the other 2024 quarterback that the Ducks have committed, who I have also seen in person taking a little road trip out to the Grand Canyon State in Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona, Sunny Slope quarterback, Luke Moga. These are his junior highlights where he counted for more than 30 touchdowns and nearly 3,000 yards. The interesting story with Luke Moga is that he's actually pretty new to the position. Uh, If you guys have been following me for a while and listening to me, reading my stuff, That was one of the interesting storylines. And I think when you're looking at how that translates to the college level, you might think for a second on the surface, well, this guy hasn't been playing the position for that long. Isn't that a concern? I can understand that point, but I'm almost more focused with Moga on this guy's only been playing the position as a, this is only his second full season as the starting quarterback for the Vikings. And he is putting on a show. I think he's an absolute gamer I think that he is an incredible leader and guys that, uh, and a guy that his teammates look up to, because I'll I'll be honest, when I went out to go see sunny slope, it's, it's, it's like a polar opposite from your St. John Bosco. I'm not trying to say that sunny slope isn't a talented program or that they don't have good players, but St. John Bosco. And then St. Francis Academy as well, who I just talked about, they are littered with power five football talent. Um, and that's not the case at Sunny Slope. It's it's really Luke Moga, and then he's using his platform and his status as a top national recruit to try to elevate his teammates, which I think is great. But it also speaks to you know maybe doesn't have the the cl- kind of supporting cast that uh, Michael Van Buren does at a St. Francis Academy, or even an Achilles Smith Jr. has at a Lincoln, who we're going to talk about next. But I think what really stands out to me about Luke Moga is like I said, just how quickly he's evolved his game with how new he is to the game and his just, this is an elite athlete, an absolutely elite athlete. I think he's got an awesome arm. I love his ability to throw off platform. That said, he does have uh, have some work to do mechanically. Um, He's kind of a little bit more raw as a prospect, as a quarterback prospect, but I mean, you see the ability to extend plays here, to make plays, to throw on the run, to keep his eyes downfield. I think Luke Moga has all the tools to be an awesome quarterback for the Ducks in, 2020, in the 2024 class. I don't know if he's going to be the Ducks guy in 2024. I don't think that it's not an ideal situation for any coaching staff to have to rely on a true freshman to, to play quarterback right when he gets to college. I think that it's a different situation if a guy gets to college and is just such a can't-miss talent that we need to have him on the field. We cannot afford to redshirt him. We cannot afford to keep him on the bench. So just some more on Moga as he rips off another long touchdown run. This is a guy who has state champion track speed. He finished with, I believe it was a 10.49 in the, the state championship meet in the hundred meters. So while you don't want a quarterback that is only going to be, is, you know, only going to be running and it's just going to take off every play. I think that that's definitely not what the ducks are getting. I think they're getting the guy who's a super capable passer. You can see him sling it there. Awesome placement. He does struggle with, with drops as in his receivers aren't always the most consistent. So he can put the ball on the money, but at that point it's on the receiver to complete the catch and finish the play. So I love just kind of the I almost feel like it's like a backyard type of style with with Luke Moga. I think you, you don't want a guy who's always going off script, but that's just kind of the way things go in high school football at times. So I think that's a lesson that he's going to have to learn once he gets to college is that he's not going to be able to, to improvise as easily. He's not going to be able to just out athlete people, which I think he is doing to a degree uh, at the high school level. Um, but he's, he's one of the, the more interesting recruits that I've covered just because of not only his story, but also just seeing him play and seeing him put this sunny slope team on his shoulders, on his back. I think that they're obviously going to go as far as Luke Moga can take them. And I think that he's a really intriguing prospect to watch. The Oregon might've found a true gem in Luke Moga. He was super under-recruited. And then after a standout junior season, just offer after offer after offer was flooding in for Luke Moga, and he committed to Oregon over schools like Arizona State, TCU, Miami was also involved. I believe Michigan State was involved. So you got to tip your cap and give a tremendous amount of credit to Will Stein for identifying him, showing that faith in him, and then the relationships that this Oregon staff was was able to build by hosting – Luke and his family and just instilling that confidence, especially after everything that the Ducks did offensively a year ago for Will Stein to come in and say, you know, that was great props to them, but now it's my offense and I want to take it up a level even further. And I want you to be a part of it. So I think Moga and Van Buren are, are both true dual threat quarterbacks uh, as you know, as if you've ever seen one, but uh, I think they both have the ability to stand in the pocket and make throws I would say that Van Buren is definitely the more polished passer of the two. Um, and, and Moga might be the better athlete of the two, honestly. Uh, and that's not to, to, to slight Van Buren at all, but just after seeing both of these guys in person, um, I think that that's kind of just, just where I'm at. Granted, Van Buren is facing much harder competition, like I'm saying, but I think Moga has more speed. Uh, I love his ability to throw on the run, throw off platform, but... You can't be doing that too much. You got to be able to, to stay in the pocket and like, look at this play. This is a perfect example. Moga is, he's dropping back. Uh, it's this next one here. He's, he's play action, dropping back in the pocket. Looks like he's going to scramble, decides to stay in the pocket a little bit more. And then he sees all of this open space and he says, Hey, let me just out athlete these guys. I'm going to just run and pick up that chunk yardage. So good awareness from Moga there. I think he has a much better feel for the game than you would expect someone who hasn't been been playing as long as he has. Because he's so new to the game, it is really cool how good of a feel he has for the game. And he has hardly scratched the surface of his potential. I think he has a tremendous upside. um, And maybe Van Buren has the higher floor just because of his experience. But Love Luke Moga as well. Really, really exciting prospect to watch. And I think the Ducks got a great one. And I love that they got this done early because now they can focus on the 2025 class and beyond. And then maybe even the transfer portal. But we'll get to that a little bit later. The last guy I'm going to talk about, the third Oregon quarterback commit we're talking about here is Achilles Smith Jr. 2025 quarterback from San Diego, Lincoln High School. I do have his sophomore tape on the screen from when he was at Murrieta Valley. His stats, 30 touchdowns, 67% completion rating for just over 2,400 yards. And uh, he threw for four interceptions last year. And man, this guy, I saw him last week, Lincoln versus uh modern day Catholic. And he had a really solid game. What's interesting about Achilles Smith Jr. is I think the way that he can move at his size, six foot five, two hundred and five pounds, and just moves super fluidly. Has a great arm, rocket arm, and um, I think that he's pretty accurate too. He he doesn't take a whole lot of risks, which maybe you'd want to see him take a little bit more risks because if you're not taking risks, then you're limiting your upside, right? Um, but you see the deep ball that was on display plenty last year. He had a really good deep ball touchdown pass, like seventy two yards. Not was Troy Franklin like. 50-plus yards to Makai Gray when I was at that Lincoln game last week. So he has the deep ball. He can make all the throws at all three levels. Uh, I think he throws with good anticipation, but you could always improve in that regard. Uh, I like his poise. And look at the wheels here, man. I think that's one thing that uh, stands out about his game that is kind of an underrated element. He has two more years to play before he gets to the college level. And when I talked to him after that win, huge blowout win, I think it was 54-19. to over modern day Catholic, a defending California state champion, mind you from a year ago, as were uh, the Lincoln Hornets. He talked about how he wants to show off his legs more, how he really wants to get that title uh, of a dual threat guy, because you don't see a whole lot of quarterbacks, his size six, five and above as dual threat guys. I think that uh, Tyler Shuck kind of fits that mold as we saw on display in Oregon's week Two win over the Texas tech red Raiders. But this is a really gifted athlete and you have to think that the the potential for Achilles Smith Jr. is, is sky high. Part of the reason for that is because his dad played at Oregon and he knows the game really well. Achilles Smith had a phenomenal career at Oregon and is just doing a great job. He's on the Lincoln coaching staff uh, where his son plays. So he has a personal hand in his development over these next two years. So Not only do you have that father-son dynamic, but you also have that quarterback-to-quarterback dynamic. So I think that Achilles Smith, from a feel for the game, from a football IQ, he's probably really far ahead uh, compared to some of these other quarterbacks that you're finding in the 2025 class. The Ducks were able to land this commitment from Achilles Smith Jr. over schools like Michigan and Florida. And Oregon was really his dream school since he was a kid, right? He was he grew up going to Oregon games. I think he went to his first Oregon game when he was six years old. So Achilles Smith Jr. is on track to realize that childhood dream of, of playing his college ball in Eugene and, and playing in Autzen on Saturdays. Love that touch pass there in this game against Norco. I covered them a couple of weeks ago uh, against uh, Rancho Cucamonga. So you see the mobility here, the agility from Achilles Smith Jr., Really, really solid arm. I like the arm strength, and I'm super excited about him. I think he, he fits a little bit more of the pro-style mold right now just as a pure pocket passer, but he clearly has the athleticism and the mobility to to really be a special talent at quarterback. Plenty of time to develop his game, and I think that you can be fairly confident that he's going to stay whole, stay firm in his commitment um, because, like I said, he grew up a Duck fan. You have the family ties. Oregon got on him early. Um and he's just someone that i think duck fans should be super excited about now do they want to take another quarterback in 2025 i think that remains to be seen but as of right now now that i've talked about all three of these quarterbacks i think that the the potential of the quarterback room at oregon is is really really intriguing especially once moga and van buren get into the room but right now i would think that oregon will probably evaluate their options in the transfer portal following the 2023 season. I'm not saying that I think a transfer will start for Oregon in 2024 way too early to make that kind of a prediction. But I think any coaching staff as Dabo Sweeney is learning owes it to themselves to look at their options in the transfer portal. And I think that for Oregon, they want to have a guy starting for them in 2024 who has quality starting experience. Even if it comes at another school and quality production at the college level. Now, if Oregon can get Ty Thompson some really good, meaningful snaps, then I think you are going to be able to see some of that quality experience and some quality production against Pac-12 schools this season. But if we don't see much of Ty Thompson this year, I don't think you want to head into the 2024 season with a starting quarterback that you don't really know what you have. So again, I'm not trying to criticize him. I'm just giving my honest take. I'll believe it when I see it. He has all the potential in the world. Super. Super, super gifted physically and athletically, uh, a gifted runner as well. So we saw one good sample size game from Ty Thompson early in this 2023 season. Saw a little bit last year um, when he was uh, when he was playing for the Ducks in 2022. But I still feel like we need to see some more from Ty Thompson before we can, uh, you know, really anoint him as the, the leading quarterback candidate for Oregon in 2024. I think from a roster standpoint, sure, it makes sense. Uh, but I think that, uh, quarterback is year to year at this point in college football. It really is, um, in the era of the transfer portal, you never know what's going to happen to any given position. And there's no more, there's no more important position than quarterback court schools can be one quarterback away from going to a conference title. Maybe even they're one quarterback away from going to the playoff. You never know. So quarterback recruiting is at the utmost is of the utmost importance for any school, certainly a priority for the Ducks and Will Stein, who's only coached two games, but he got three quarterbacks committed before even coaching a game at Oregon. I think that speaks to his ability as a coach and a recruiter and to Oregon's brand as a school. So all of that said, really excited about the future of the quarterback position at Oregon. Really fortunate and excited that I got to see all three of these prep quarterback commits in person. Uh, Maybe I'll get out to Arizona for a game to see Moga in a game setting, but I think the future of the quarterback position is bright for Will Stein and the Oregon offense, and um, there is plenty of potential waiting in the wings, Uh, but we got to see what happens in those game settings. So excited to see how Moga and Van Buren develop over the rest of their senior seasons, and then super excited to see how much more polished, how much more refined, Achille KJ Smith Jr. can become at Lincoln with the Hornets. Also gonna figure he has to add some weight to that frame. Plenty of room to add to that. He's really skinny, um, but plenty, plenty of room for growth physically for Achilles Smith Jr., a guy I am super excited is committed to the ducks. Before I get out of here, you guys, important to lock in with me on all social media platforms. I am at mTouris sports on both Twitter and instagram you can find me on youtube and hey subscribe to my channel while you're at it at oregon football max torres you can read all of my latest written work covering oregon football and oregon football recruiting over on ducksdigest.com and until next time you guys thank you so much for your support and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the ducks dish podcast
0: i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast